everybody. Welcome back to Starfield Raw. I am Joe the Widget, one of your three primary hosts for this show. Well, only three of us. And I am joined by my fellow amazing co-host, starting with Rook Aldrin. Rook Aldrin, what? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is going to be a great show. It's going to be long. Let's get to it. And we're joined, as always, definitely he's the third introduced, but not the least of any way, Mr. Archon Armstrong. Are we, are we getting last names now? This is, I think Armstrong could could be improved upon. We'll we'll work on that one. <laughs> hey everybody, uh, yeah, as as Rook said, uh, you know, we got a lot to bring to you today. Uh, so let's get into it. Yeah, we got a lot. Um, just briefly, we're gonna tag something on the news that came out, so you guys can check it out. We might get into more of it next episode. I know that uh, Rook has been studying it. And might have a few things to say about it, but Starfield, if you go to their website, they release a timeline of the story so far. It is a great thing because uh, I will get more detail about this next week, but uh, I'm so excited to talk about that timeline because it's the first game that's released a timeline officially before a game released. And it kind of gives us a little bit of look into what to expect with the game. I didn't read too much of it, but what I did read looked pretty cool. Yeah, it's actually got a lot of... I really enjoyed it. it I saw... Uh, they talk about creating or the founding of all the factions and stuff in the timeline. So, uh, or when it happened. So it's actually pretty interesting. And they just kind of did it out of nowhere. It just added to the site, and then people started noticing it gradually. And they did yeah. that, I believe, um, this last Sunday. I think so, because the first thing I saw about it was this week so yeah monday morning when i was at work was the first time i saw it all right so the big news though is that this morning it's like bethesda knew we needed show content and said here you guys go we got you they did a little q a and by little i mean 16 questions worth and a lot of rambling <laughs> it was <laughs> they basically you had the uh, fans of the uh, of the game had until the 11th to put in their question and they took 16 of the questions and it looked like most of those questions were asked pretty much by the by multiple people. Those are the ones they chose. That yeah, it looked sense. like there was at least like six or seven people asked essentially the same questions. Yeah, and the questions were answered by Will, the lead quest designer, and Emil, the lead designer. And so we're gonna go ahead and just go through these these questions. I'll ask the question, and I believe Archon is playing the part of Will. And yes, I am. Rook's going to be doing a meal. And then we'll just get into it. We've got a lot to go. All right. So question one. Uh, this is actually a very interesting one. So, like, can we buy houses or property in main cities? Yup. There is housing in different cities that the players can get. Some have to be purchased, while others are rewards for specific quests. I'm actually excited about that. Because yeah. unlike a lot of Bethesda games where you get one or two houses, this is awesome. Like in Skyrim, you got these, I'm going to say almost apartments, if you will, one per main city. And then they later did a uh, expansion where you could build a house. But we were yeah. going to have building our houses, you know, right out of the gate called building our bases. But Yeah, it's kind of crazy because yeah. until this question, I hadn't even thought about player housing because... I knew that we could build our own outposts, so I was like, I figured that was going to be our housing, but apparently, yeah. I was that, actually... That question was nice, because it 
it got me on thinking something completely different because I was not thinking of player housing at all. It actually, I was thinking about that, but uh, I'm glad they're actually putting it in there in different cities because that'll give you rest areas whenever you go to another city instead of having to travel to wherever you build your base. Right, so now you got to build your ship, which is your home, basically. you got to build your outpost, which is your home, basically. And then you got to build a house everywhere you go. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with this. Right. I see, I nope. see time sink. But see, the thing is, in Skyrim, you got to go steal everything and throw it in your house and decorate it. Is that going to be the same way in this game? Or are you going to be able to go to, like, a furniture store where they, like, um, beam together hours. furniture and you, you can take that home? I mean, you might be able to make it with different, you know, traits and different things. So, yeah, that is something, huh? Where your followers spending hours in game buying furniture. I'm going furniture shopping. (laughs) Like, oh, am I playing The Sims? What? (laughs) Does this carpet match the drapes? (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) I was waiting for one of you guys to hit that. All right. (laughs) Anything else before we move on to the next question, guys? Next question. All right. Next question. So, like, if we if we get the kid stuff trait, will our parents be generated based on our character's look, or are there standard parents put in place? What benefit might there be? Our programmers on new are on the new face tech were really excited to make this function that could try to match your custom face and then create two parents. So they're based on what your character looks like, although the specific math involved is beyond me. We had similar tech in previous games. By oh similar tech, was God. that like what they did in um, Fallout 4 for your son? It, I would say probably. I mean, that's the only game I can think of where you had relatives. Okay, so I've seen the reverse where they took the parent and made the child out of it, but I've never seen where they took the child and made the parents out of it. Yeah. It kind of makes me want to get the kid stuff, Trey, just to see it. Yeah, me too. But I don't know if you're going to be able to interact with your parents during the story without the trade or not. I wonder if it'll be like that hero worshipped where they can just come up to you. Yeah, it's just only if you have the trait, maybe. I don't know. I know we talked about it where they have to give you have to give a certain bit of money certain percentage of your income to your parents what yeah so it was something like that it was like the negative of it definitely not taking that trade <laughs> I already have to pay for a house on every single system right <laughs> you gotta pay for a house on every single system and you gotta pay for your parents and they're gonna a- house jump to every system house you own. That's a, that, that's a lot of ships I'm going to have to pirate. Suddenly you get home to your your newest apartment in like the uh, the Sin City and your mom's in there all of a sudden. I decided to decorate. <laughs> right? You said that you're forming a romance with one of the characters since you can do that in the game and all of a sudden your mom pops in your room like, hey, son. You spent hours decorating your house and the mom redecorate. Suddenly oh you would have God. to, um, in air quotes here, get rid of your kid stuff trait. Yep. Right. <laughs> get rid of, yeah. Hmm. All right, so question three. 
For those of us who have never played a BGS game, and we'll be starting with Starfield, I'm assuming BGS is Bethesda Game Studios. We talked about this earlier, me and Rook. Yeah, inf- based yeah. on it, it looks like it. What information should we know that will make the experience more impactful right from the start? How deep should we go into creating our character's backstory before we start the game? We always make our games for fans both old and new, so you can jump in without ever having played a Bethesda title before. And the real answer to the question, <laughs> right? While, while we do start you off in the same spot, what happened to you before the game starts is totally up to you and your headcanon. We don't really have to finish that out, but... Yeah, let's not finish this out. That's yeah, they, they go on a lot, lot of tangents. Um, but the meat of it is what, what Will said, a.k.a. Archon here. And it, it's something we already knew. Yeah, you basically, whatever you, you make up what you want your character to have done before the game started. It, it's, it's in your own head. It's like any other role-playing game in that aspect. You're going to create your character's ba- uh, backstory in your head, figure out how you want your character, or you're going to figure out your history of your character and try to figure out how you want a plan to go forward. Yeah, I came up with a totally unique story for mine. See, what happened was I, I was coming out of a theater and my parents got shot. And it was right in front of me, so like <laughs> I decided to don a suit and, and and become a superhero. Oh wait, you have to have a voice like this. This is my Batman voice. That was a lot better than mine. <laughs> All right, moving on to question number four. How will the smuggling cargo system work? Can we hide in it? Can we hide it somewhere on the ship and sell it for more currency later? Certain items are considered quote-unquote contraband and you'll need to smuggle them past security ships that are in orbit of major settlements there are specific items that are considered contraband meaning they're pretty much illegal everywhere and yes you can hide them using your special ship modules you can purchase so you know don't get caught with those harvested organs the economy is fixed but prices of bought and sold goods can change based on the skills you choose i'm wondering if we're going to get some like nasty gram from will or emil (laughs) <laughs> making them sound like a radio dj <laughs> they might message us and be like how did you guys get our voices so perfect i, mean, I, don't, know. I don't know i haven't even watched videos so i have no idea what they sound like uh yeah. but no um it does while the economy is fixed i expected that but it does bum me out a little bit because i do like it when players have an impact on the economy but well, what I mean, about those organs it does say based on the skills you choose. So, like, you can you can take different skills that will let you sell things for more. Or, you know. So, basically, what they're saying is you don't really have to hold on to it because the currency is the amount you're going to get for it's not going to change. Unless you choose you certain have. skills and get higher ranks in those skills. Sure. Right? I mean, it would be cool if they had something like, almost, uh, like a stock market system, you know, that was random values based on different goods, simulating need and overstock. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, uh, but remember, you got to get those harvested organs. Well, yeah, I'll get plenty of those. <laughs> the way I'm building my character, mm-hmm. <laughs> organ sandwiches. Uh, he's going to make himself a doctor, but the doctor doesn't fix people. They cut them up and... You know that planet over there? Yeah, there's nothing living on it anymore. Here's the parts. Like, what the heck? I came in for an ingrown toenail. Where'd my kidney go? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number five. 
Will there be a jail system if we commit crimes? Yes, you can elect to go to jail, or you can pay the fine when you're arrested, or you can even resist arrest and try and escape. Yep. The settled system is more like Skyrim than Fallout 4's Commonwealth in that regard. Yeah, bunch of criminals. There's civilization, there's government, and there are laws. And in a couple of cases, we ex- we actually explore the themes of crime and punishment in our futuristic universe. This makes sense. And I, I imagine, based on what they're saying, it's going to be a lot like Skyrim's system. Yeah. I just love how Emil's voice changes every single question. It gets more intense. The more we go into the questions, the more intenses he gets. Intenses? Intenses. <laughs> yeah, the, this jail system was something that I was wondering about. Like, like I saw in the in the video about how you know that you you have to get scanned before you can come into certain things, and I was kind of wondering what would happen if you got caught with something. So I'm glad somebody did ask this question so that we could get the answer to that. I'm also curious though because we got the three major branches, right? Mm-hmm. Now, are they going to have different laws that were that vary in slight ways where you can get away with something in one city but not in another? So what it sounds like, especially with uh, the contraband system where things are contraband yeah. in one system and legal in another. Like places like Neon City and stuff, you can probably get away with a lot more than you can in, you know. Yeah, like uh, they might have uh, underground gambling rings in the other cities that are illegal, but right. it's open in Neon City, so. Yeah. yeah, and I completely forgot about Skyrim's jail system, so yeah, it actually makes sense that they would do something like that. Oh, I remember sitting in jail and sitting in Skyrim. Oh, so did I. I broke out. <laughs> <laughs> Will that be an option in this game? Hmm. It says you could resist arrest, so, I mean, it could, It only seems fair that you'd be able to break out of jail. Okay, I have an interesting thought slash question for you guys after we go over this next question, because these question five and six kind of go together, what I'm going to talk about. So, in question mm-hmm. six. Hi, guys. Will time pass when not in the game? For example, will my trade routes, outposts, and mining operations continue to produce, or does that only occur while actively playing? Well, little missy, the sim only runs when you're actively playing. No sleeping on the job. Only when you're actively playing. <laughs> okay, guys, here's my thought. We know there's going to be a time sequence, but are they going to have it like Skyrim and Fallout, where you can say, go to sleep? and advance time or sit there and stand there for 10 hours? That's a staple in their games. Right. Yeah, but or, here's my thought, though. With the jail system, say you did get locked up, are you going to be able to cop out and just advance time until you release? Or will they make it to where it's an actual punishment and you have to sit there and wait until you're released? Kind of making uh, it to where people are going to not want to do that. I and I mean, think- what's, what's to keep people from keeping their game on and just going to work? Let's be honest. Well, I don't I say pl- it wouldn't be that much time. I play the X series, and the way I made a lot of money in that game is I just let the my ships do the job while I was at work. So that is a um, possibility. <laughs> right, like I'm talking about, like you know, what the, their example trade routes and outposts and mining operations and stuff. Like you could just let them go while you're working. Yeah, with some- come home and have fifty thousand credits waiting for you. You know, well, my point was. What's the point of a punishment if you can just skip through the jail time? It could be something along right. the lines of Star Citizen. Uh, I just recently saw this in a YouTube video for Star Citizen. They actually send you to jail, and it 
depending upon the severity of a crime, you have a length of time from minutes to hours. Um, yeah. And, and you they can might, work it off. They might allow you to skip time, but that option is like grayed out when you're in jail. Yeah. So you can't yeah. advance time while you're in jail. Yeah, that makes more sense. It's a good question, though. Um, I want to see what they're going to do with that because I actually think it would be cool to sit in jail for 10 minutes and uh, beat up other uh, prisoners. Yeah. Okay, so this Rook, Rook brought, up, brought up a really good point about this next question during the, before we started recording. This next question can be a little spoilery. Spoiler, spoilery? spoilery? Hey, that was Archon. That was Spoil- Archon. That was Archon that said that. Okay. So just, you know, for those of you who are trying to be completely surprised by everything, um, skip ahead a few minutes. I'm saying like three or four. And then, because um, I don't know exactly how long this is going to take. But if you want to hear this, this, this is what they release. So it's, I don't think it's too much spoiler, to be honest with you. Can you be a double agent in the game? For example, if you join United Colonies, can you also join Crimson Fleet and give the United Colonies information? And what factions have that feature if they do? All of the playable factions can be completed independently. The Crimson Fleet storyline does feature you being an undercover agent inside the fleet on behalf of the United Colonies System Defense, a specific military branch of the United Colonies. But whether you betray the fleet or the United Colonies is a choice that you will get to make. That is exactly what you can do. Infiltrate the Crimson Fleet for the UC System Defense. It's specific to that questline. In the studio, I have been, half-jokingly, accused of referencing movies that some folks have never seen because I'm old. So, with this particular plotline, the inspiration was very much the movie Donnie Brasco? Brasco. Yeah, I've never seen that. I have. Uh, which is the true story. Yeah, you're old. Which is the true yep. story of an FBI agent who infiltrated the mafia. How far will you go? I actually think I think Emil and I are close to the same age. I think he's a little bit older than me. Probably, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a questline thing. I wish they would make it where you could actually go and be a double agent and affect both sides without well, they, they kind actually of questline driven. This is one of the questions where they went on these huge tangents I didn't even put in our, our notes because it just went on forever. Um, yeah. And they kind of talked about how... I think the biggest takeaway from that was you could do every storyline of each faction, but then yeah. you can do different things to really betray different minor factions, things like that. But they didn't get into too much detail, but they basically said that you, you have the option to basically do everything. I yeah. kind of wish they would have just answered this question with, you know, yes, you, you can be a double agent at some times and, you know, Without going into detail and telling you what quest line it's going to and, and what you're going to be doing, because that is a little bit of a spoiler to me, because that would have been kind of cool to come across without knowing about it beforehand. But I mean, it's out there now, so what can you do? It is out in the universe. Emil has ruined us all. Will it's has ruined internet. us all. Yeah, I just think that my guy's got more. Of, my my role play I have intended for my first character. Yeah, this is going to be exactly up his alley. Yeah, but it's just one of those. I I, I like the fat, uh, the idea of being able to role play and demolish one of the other uh, factions while being a double agent from the inside. 
and yeah, then they, seeing an ending for that. It looks like that's not going to be an option based on what they were talking about. Yeah. Even I though I think, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, you can... It, I don't know how far will you go. Well, we'll they see. Taught, they said that with the main factions. What about all the sub factions? That that could be something for those. Oh yeah, possibly. And they could just be leading us on and actually have that in the game. We just don't really know until we play, though. Yeah, true. Very true. All right, you guys ready for the next one? Yep. Hey, dudes. Depending on trait selected during character creation, like. Would it be all possible to play through the game as a pacifist? Like, killing <clears throat> without killing everyone? Because killing's, like, totally not cool. Or even potentially anything? Well, I can't guarantee every mission can be completed in pacifist mode. But we do have a couple systems that will help with that. Okay, I'm reading this normal-ish. So, we talked about this very early in on during pre-production. Whether or not we would fully support a non-lethal playthrough, we realized that for various reasons that wasn't totally feasible. Now, that being said, there are some good non-lethal options, whether through dialogue or by using a non-lethal weapon. Why are we putting non-lethal weapons in this game? That's, that's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Those can be used in certain situations. Honestly, a lot of situations. Though I couldn't comfortably say you can complete the game, entire game without killing whatsoever, the settled systems is mostly civilized. But it is a dangerous place if you're going off the beaten path. And you're absolutely going off the beaten path. So that brings a question. Okay, so could you... That's the difference between having to kill wildlife versus intelligent beings. See, but are you really a pacifist if you kill anything? True. Why would anybody play a game like this and want to be a pacifist? I was just like, going to say that. What? Like, what? So, why would oh. anybody Why would anybody play Skyrim and try beating it with the fork as your only weapon? <laughs> because yeah. it's a challenge. <laughs> as I was thinking about but that, we, like, could, we could actually do a game challenge one of these days down the road and be like, let's see as little kills as possible. If there's some way we can actually, like, prove it. Well, we did. Oh, yeah. Challenge accepted. Don't know when we're going to do it, but challenge accepted. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like the the listeners are now going to make me a pacifist of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> Flower power, dude. No <laughs> veto. No. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, we shall. We shall. Question number nine. Yes, my child. What are the beliefs and basic history of the religions we can join? Sanctum, universum, enlightened. Great Serpent. Okay, so this one. Existing. In real life, religions are part of the Starfield universe. With folks of all religions and denominations out there. But we don't really focus on them. Instead, we highlight three new ones specific to the game. The Sanctum Universum. The members, called Universals, believe that God very much exists somewhere in the universe. That a higher power is guiding us all. Specifically, they believe that humanity's ability to travel the universe and grab jump is God's way of saying, I'm out here. Come and find me. The Sanctum Universum is only a couple decades old in our timeline, but has gained a lot of prominence. They believe that God is out there somewhere in the universe and that humanity's ability to travel the stars brings us closer to God. I'm wondering if the main story is going to play off of that somehow, especially with those artifacts. Yeah, it sounds... 
like they both pretty much said the exact same thing there. Yeah, yeah for they the most pretty part. much did. Apparently, they only care about the Sanctum Universum. Yeah, we could have <laughs> skipped one of them, but and we didn't. Yeah. But no, uh, I don't know. It could be something similar to Skyrim where you have the multiple gods and you can interact with each one. But what's to say that artifact they pick up isn't just an alien object that you're going to discover the first alien? That's going to be something to talk about in one of our emails. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we necessarily are ever going to meet God. Like, that would be... I do every time I play D&D. Well, <laughs> I, 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 mean, I mean in Starfield. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to actually... Like, even if you follow that religion, I don't think you'll ever actually find him. It's just going to be, like, a search. Yeah, I, I see it being like Skyrim, where the, relig- the religions are there, and they're definitely, you know, in the um, background, but it's not a major part of the storyline in any way. These different minor quests and storylines you can do with those, but really not a part of the main story. Just Ooh. more reason to add side quests. Ooh, random thought. What if one of the endings is you meeting God? Now what? <laughs> that means you died. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, I played plenty of games where the ending was you died. <laughs> Man, that's raising another point, though. We're going to have multiple different based endings. I think there will be multiple different endings. Seems like it should. Like, or will there even? I mean, if they're if they're planning expansions and stuff, is there going to be an actual end? I think I think it'll be like Fallout Four, where there is an ending to the main story, but does the game really end? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It's going to be like Skyrim, where there's actually like three or four main stories that no one can agree on that all have different (laughs) endings. We all agree on this much. You're the dragonborn that goes to High Rothgar at the beginning. That's it. And messes up all of Skyrim. Yep. <laughs> Constellation is the main story. No, United Colonies is the main story. <laughs> right. No, well, Universal Sanctorum is the main con. Well, there's three well, factions. I, Each I one of us could represent one. I think uh, they have basically said Constellation is the main faction for a uh, main story arc for the game right but uh we know everybody's gonna make their own stories with this game so really and we the also main know story that with bethesda they some of their sub main stories are just as long if not longer than the quote-unquote main story oh i know you can get so lost in these for instance when i played skyrim for the first time i i had probably 70 hours into the game before i got my first shout because I just kept doing all the random side quests I kept coming across, and I just got like so lost in the game that I didn't, I forgot where I was even supposed to go for the main story. <laughs> my, <laughs> right. my, my first time in Skyrim, I went instead of going where you're supposed to, uh, to, uh, was it called? Whiterun. I went to the left and went all the way across the map to see how far I would go before I even worked my way. <laughs> I just kept randomly wandering around finding. <laughs> One side quest would lead me to a town with like ten more side quests, which would lead me to another town, and it just, I just got lost. That's that's how those games. That's the best part of those games, man. That's the best part about yeah. the titles. You yep. just go and I hope everywhere. This game does the same thing. Oh yeah, I think it's gonna be even more so from what they've been talking about and bragging about. If if they're if it's gonna live up to what they've been talking about, it's gonna be even bigger and more so than any of those games combined. 
I think this is going to be one of those where it's a really hyped game and it's not going to be like No Man's Sky where it's a complete letdown. I think this is going to live up to its hype. Yeah. I think so too. That's or why they've Diablo already four. Taken, they've already taken my money, so hopefully hopefully it lives up. They'll take yeah. my money on Friday. They got mine already. I got it on my computer and I'm just drooling at it every morning. Yeah, they got mine yesterday. All right, guys. Yeah, something like that. Our question 10, I almost said episode 10. We're not there yet. <laughs> I wish. We're going to be in the game and then some by that point. All right, so. Hey, guys, total fan. How many companions total will we be able to recruit? There are over 20 named characters who can join your crew. Four of them are from Constellation and have the most story and interaction with the player. But all of the named characters have their own backgrounds and can follow you around. And even carry your stuff. So that's going to be 21 named characters. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's really vague. Like, I get it. Like, there could be 20. There could be 40 because 40 is over 20. Like, that doesn't yeah, tell us an answer. That just says 21 over 20. is over 40. But how many people you know, are going to see saying. all 20 characters? That's the thing. If I know they're there. But oh, that, <laughs> we're gonna get them again and Fallout Four. Almost every character is a quote-unquote named character. So I'm wondering if have... they're gonna have any generic that are not so much named that can also join your crew. Like, well, we know that robots are gonna be able to. Right, but I think they're named. I think they're named robots. They don't have any trait. I guess we will see. But yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't. I can I can almost guarantee well, you. Don't quote me here, but I can almost guarantee you there is going to be an achievement for collecting all the all the. So, companions. what if every character in the game is a named character? It is over twenty named characters. Oh, they did say over. Yeah, like I said, twenty one. Twenty one. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay, so question eleven. When we assign crew members to work at Outpost, do we have to pay them salaries? You just pay them once. We actually experimented with a paying them regular salaries, but ultimately decided just to have one cost up front. It's easier. Yeah, that would be a nightmare. Can you imagine that <laughs> having to pay like a percentage of your salary, your income to everybody? You Money get 1%. Games, do you that. get 3%. Honestly, I've played a lot of games where you, I, I have played a lot of games where you have to pay like upkeep costs, basically, which is like a salary. And, it seems like it would make more sense. <laughs> it would. I mean, I mean, you're not going to pay me to go to work once, and then I just keep working there forever. <laughs> Elite so, dangerous. You can hire a crewman, and they will take a percentage of your uh, earnings from missions. Um, and uh, the X series, they take a cut. If I remember correctly, they take a cut of your. Uh, earnings from running missions for you. It does kind of take well, away from the from the realism, doesn't it? Just right. Like if, if like think of like the housing in Final Fantasy fourteen, like how like every week or whatever it charges you an upkeep cost. Like yeah. that's what that's what it you should have to pay for your um for your workers and stuff at the outposts. It just makes sense. Yeah otherwise that does make sense. Otherwise you're just making money off of them but there's no real penalty once you've unless it's a lot of money up front like you're saying i'm paying your full five-year salary up front 
And, that, and then on the flip side, that would be rough because then it would be hard to get an outpost started. Yeah, definitely. Especially if they have to be the ones to operate the equipment in the outpost. Right. Yeah, that's true. All right, we got another companion question. Will our companions be able to level up their perks? Will their perks stack with ours? I hate to say it, but they don't level up. But they come at different ranks, depending upon the companion. Well, we call them skills in Starfield, and they do stack with yours when relevant. Some are there for flavor. Key point. (laughs) Some are there for flavor to highlight the companion's background and interest. But you'll really feel the benefit of the ship and combat-related ones. Oh, yeah. Getting a boost of your shields? They can do that. Or seeing your companion lay down fire with a weapon they're proficient in? Are pretty sweet moments. Yeah, see, I'm going to be really looking for that sniper because I'm sniper. So if I can get two snipers? (laughs) Well, so for instance, you might meet a character that's especially good at rifles and you hire them to watch your back. Or you might meet an astrodynamics expert that will increase your grav or jump range of your assigned ship. Yeah. I mean... Uh, Those skills can be very useful. I guess that kind of answers the question a little bit, but at the same time, it kind of dances around it a little. I mean, obviously it it says you don't level up, so yeah, but the rest of it was kind of... They answered it directly. They said it right in the beginning. Um, They don't level up. up. And they stack. That was the two points of the question. The skills stack, and but they don't level up. However, you can get them at different ranks. So I'm more yeah. interested to see how they're going to do that. Will that cause you to have a consistent rotating uh, crew? Or that's the one <laughs> thing I don't like about this because I would prefer to have a crew that I operate with that ends up leveling up and becoming the best damn crew in the galaxy versus. Right. This. Otherwise, once you get one that has a better skill than the other one, then the other one becomes ir- irrelevant and you just like you don't need them anymore. Yeah. Like, that's my issue. I guess I, I I can concede that. On developers, on, from a developer standpoint, though, that's a nightmare of a balancing issue. I didn't up. say I wanted. I didn't say I wanted a balanced game. I said I wanted a good game. <laughs> Difference. True. It's a single player. <laughs> so. I mean, honestly, I would rather have five or six companions that I could level up with me and, and level them up in the skills that I want, then have 20 companions and only use five or six of them. Like, I don't know. It's hard to say really what the benefits are going to, what it's going to look like until we get in the game. Right. Cause all we can That's do right now is just speculate on it. True. Very, very true. All right. Question 13. What are your favorite parts of the game? I love finding content that I haven't seen yet or forgot about. Our games are so big that no one person is likely to have seen them all, even after all of our passes and levels of review. Because of my position, my experience is a little different than yours. I won't speak for Will, but personally, I've seen every quest sign, every city, every major piece of content in the game at every stage of development. So my answer is colored by that. What do you color it, pink? Purple. Ah, word. <laughs> so Emil never actually answers the question. No, dances around well, it. He dances he around says, it, but because 
his answer is he's seen everything in the game, so he really can't give you an honest answer. I mean, having seen everything in the game, it seems like you would have a favorite part. Yeah, but it, I think their favorite part could be um, going against NDA. Yeah, true. I like <laughs> I like uh, I like Will's first part with like we, we didn't put it in the notes here, but like the first thing he says when they ask him this question is his favorite part of the game is shipping it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, not I, wrong. <laughs> I thought about that too. He's not wrong. Yeah, that that was a pretty nice answer. <laughs> What's your favorite part of the game? Shipping it. <laughs> Getting it done after working on it for X amount of years. Right. All right. So, question 14. What books or movies had a big influence on some of the quests? Star Wars? OG Battlescar Galactica. I'm talking about the old one. Space 1999. Buck Rogers. And they're going old. Battle Beyond the Stars. Dude, this guy's old. <laughs> Ice Pirates. <laughs> And let's not forget that classic that is Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Sin. I think I actually saw that one in 3D. In all of those examples, you realize that outer space is two things. One, a source of mystery and wonder, sometimes terror. And two, a giant blank page on which you can write any story. And we have written a lot of very different stories in Starfield. I'm a history nerd, so I actually listen to a lot of podcasts like Hardcore History and the History of Rome. While our game is science fiction, I like how historians can tell you about how human beings react to extreme circumstances like war, famine, and technological breakthroughs. And you can imagine how we'd react to similar circumstances in a fictional setting, just at a grander scale. Hey, hey Will, we got another podcast for you, buddy. Right? Yeah, you should listen to uh, Starfield Raw. Highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, we talk about a lot of history. <laughs> Let me tell you. Hmm. But no, I actually uh, sort of, I'm actually on board with Emil's answer in this one. Uh, I am too, but he left out one huge show. Yeah. You know that they That's based obvious. it. Firefly. They forgot it's, Firefly. It's so obvious that they based a lot of this. The whole Western space theme was Somebody was watching Firefly and taking notes. Now, if you go in that city and you see Asian influence everywhere, there's there's no denying it anymore. <laughs> yeah, but if, if I, I see Monica Baccarin, like, <laughs> come on, I, come on. If one of the characters looks like her, let's be real. She is pretty damn sexy. Um, <laughs> my biggest thing is. I completely agree that it's space. It's huge. You can write so many different stories, and I expect that in this game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my biggest takeaway is that Emil is definitely older than me. <laughs> <laughs> and and so far, I haven't really seen a whole lot of things that reminded me of Star Wars. So we're going to have lightsabers. I mean, he Laser right sword. He, he basically said right there, we are going to have lightsabers. Lasers. Force powers. Force powers. Just, you know, just saying. Well, they already did show us force powers. Force powers force powers, and lightsabers. Done. Sold. I'm, I'm in. Vibrating laser swords. <laughs> We're not going to go back into that one. <laughs> I'm not naming two episodes that. Oh, looking at pictures of Emil, he is old. He's older <laughs> than you. Yeah, by at least 10 years. He's, he's at least in his 50s. That's what I said, about 10 years. Uh, question 15. 
What are some favorite small details in Starfield to add to the immersion? I think what I really love is that although humans are living in space and our aesthetic is very much NASA punk, this is a very lived in universe and you can see it everywhere. You know, everyone loves those sandwiches, especially that one chick who said in the deep dive who said she just stores them in a room. It became a the- meme central with that. <laughs> I know, right? But it's the books that are lying around, the notes on billboards, the environmental storytelling that our level designers and art world artists are so good at. I look really closely at all of our outfits. You can see seams, materials, especially on the spacesuits. Constellation members have patches on their spacesuits, and they're tied to what skills they have. Yeah, I know I don't really care about so-called outfits, but... Um... Uh, that that whole patch thing is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really into the small details, and I hope they like blast their little Easter eggs all over the game from other games and stuff. Because yeah, like, I, I had a thought about this earlier, um, but on along the same vein, it's not really based on the question. But we get to go to Mars. Are we going to be able to see the Mars rover dead somewhere? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> but that's in the 2100. So 2050, I think. 2050 to 2100. That's when that takes place. So by then, they probably cleaned it up. I don't oh. mean, like, like say you're, you're going through an area or something and you come across, like, one of the bobbleheads or something from, you know. From, oh, yeah, yeah. Those type of little small things that, like, I kind of hope that they add some of that kind of stuff in their game. Hey, they got to add do, sweet rolls. They do have some plants that look like shockingly like Nernroot. <laughs> yeah. That, that's one of those hidden staples that are in everything. They had Nernroot in uh, Fallout games. Yeah, I think uh, my philosophy on this is they all exist in the same universe, just not in the same timeline universe. Oh, that's been a going theory for a long time, and I'm with you on that. Well, because obviously Fallout can't fall in the same universe as everything looks modern and not like 1950s. Yeah. You have Skyrim <laughs> in the very, very distant past, like Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. And then you have Fallout, which is more alternate reality to our current time. And then you have the distant future, a.k.a. Starfield. Oh, what What if, what if, what if? Hear me out here. The distant past is Skyrim. The divergent point is where Fallout starts. And separates from the timeline that Starfield. Now you're just going too nerdy, man. <laughs> we will. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe we will find things. All of a sudden, we're playing in a game where we have 1950s shit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like um, the 80s uh, obsession for Ready Player One, but for the 50s and 60s. Yeah. All right. So, question number 16. The final question of the Q and A. What is the history of the mechs? Oh, the mech. Good one. So we showed this a a bit in one of the animated shorts. The mechs are leftovers from the colony war. Both sides, United Colonies and Freestar Collective, had mechs. But the Freestar Collective really mastered them. The United Colonies had mechs too, but they also relied on controlled alien beasts from their... Xeno Warfare Division. Huh. But those were outlawed with the armistice that ended the Colony War. I am not saying there's an old mech battleground in the game. I'm typing it. <laughs> Mechs. Not usable. No. They're in ruin. I am still convinced that they're going to be a DLC. 
They might be. I mean, part, yeah, part of the expansion or something. Yeah. Like one of the first expansions for Fallout Three was the uh, Alaskan uh, front. So people want that gave you access to stuff you didn't have access to in the original game until really late. But so it's possible they'll do that. See, yeah. me t- me personally, I I hope that there are like ruin ruins and stuff. Obviously, they say there is. Like, I hope you can like they're there to see and things like that. But I really hope they're not a part of the game. Oh, where at you can actually, yeah, at least not at first. Like, well, they're not. They clearly said that, but right. Like, I, I, I prefer them not to be anyway because, like, I don't know. That just adds a whole like the Fallout Four mech thing. Like, meh. I don't really enjoy that part of that game. But this is a different atmosphere, and if you're talking about ways of getting around the planet other than walking, that could be a really good alternative. Now, my whole thought on the thing is, yeah, I like mechs, but they're not my go-to for the most part. However, I'm hoping, when I say I'm hoping they're part of the game, I'm hoping you can actually interact with the destroyed mechs and actually look at them, salvage parts from them. And yeah, I was just thinking that. Later. That would be nice, being able to salvage parts from them thing, like, to make other things. Like, that could be cool. Or yeah. if they come after it later... Or if they come after it later with an expansion to where it actually fits the story and they're not trying to force another aspect of a story, then they could bring in mechs, say, like, you find one that's old and it happens to be the only one and now you get to try salvaging it, but you have to work to do that. That would be interesting. Yeah, you guys can quote me on this, but I am convinced that one of the DLCs, probably their expansions... Because DLC is a short word for what they're going to actually be doing, is going to be heavily adding in vehicles. Not maybe, ju- not just mechs, because I'm convinced mechs are going to be there. It's just in my mind. But maybe something like uh, planetary buggies or I like little cruise ships you can fly around the planet. That would be cool if they made it like you give, you can create, design your own four wheel vehicle. Because then I can see the advertisements and the YouTube screenshots of people just off-roading these things over cliffs. Yeah, especially making them customizable like your ships. Little yeah. speeder bikes. Little yeah. speeder bike. Dude, that would be awesome. That's another thing I was thinking about with mechs, too, because those are all something that's also can be highly customizable. Now, my question is, are they going to have water worlds, and will you be able to go under the water? And how long can you stay under the water? That's a valid question. I just thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you're in a spacesuit that has oxygen, your oxygen would last just as long whether you're underwater or on the surface. There's a catch to that, though. Spacesuits are designed to keep you pressurized. They're yeah, not designed that's the to keep pressure out. Water pressure is a completely different thing. Yeah, that's true. Just ask submariners, <laughs> right? Submariners. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's it. All right, so that was it for the Q&A. Any last thoughts on that, guys, before we move on to the emails? Any more questions? Yeah, no, I would love Anywhere? To. Any more questions? <laughs> I, I, would, I would love if they would have answered more than just 16. I mean, yeah, we our show would have been like two hours long, but like there's so many more questions that people have, including myself. Well, look at it this way. Have? But they get answered in, what, two weeks? Yeah, see, by the time this show airs, it's going to be two weeks exactly until pre-launch so that's exciting so we have pretty much 
two more episodes before we're going to be doing in-game or in-game sessions and talking about those. Yeah, I'm actually excited about wait. that. I can't wait for those. All right, so we got some emails. We got a couple. Um, one is from Bill Yardcell ninety nine. Um, who wants to tackle this one? I'll tackle this one. So Bill was asking, everyone will be moving through the game at different speeds, which is normal. Uh, and some things are bound to be ruined by YouTubers or Redditor and others. How do you guys feel about that? Thanks. Uh, thanks for the question, Bill. Um, I've seen this in a lot of YouTube's, uh, YouTube channels that I follow that actually do a lot of spoilers. And the first thing they'll say right off the bat is spoiler alert. And then they'll, at least in YouTube, they'll tell you, look down below and you'll see the actual yeah, uh, for us. time stamp. For us, we actually had to put a timer on and tell you about how far to skip ahead. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do this for two reasons. One, we don't want people that are behind in the story than we are to get spoilers. But we also want to talk about the things that other people who are with us or ahead of us are anxious to hear our opinions about. So we want to kind of satisfy both camps. So we're going to give you ample warning. And then we're going to give you the time frame to which you can skip to to completely pass that up. Now, uh, on to add on to this, you're always welcome to let us know, hey, you spoiled a spot, spot for us, so we know what we're looking for for spoilers, because we might miss, and your feedback is important to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how we go, and way we can make the show better. Mm-hmm. Instead of just three guys talking to each other like total nerds about a game we're, we're all fanboying about. Oh, yes, I'm so much ready for this game. Like, totally. Like, Totally. All right, Arkan, you want to take the, the next emails? Someone is becoming yep. one of our regulars. Yeah, we got a regular, Luke. Message into the show again. Uh, thanks, for the, thanks for the question, Luke. He asks, hey, guys, I was playing Aliens Dark Descent, which is a great game, by the way, and it got me thinking, do you think we'll see some type of xenomorph or yauchas, the predator-type aliens in this game, or at least a faction of humans who disguise themselves as aliens? Uh, predator aliens. Hmm. I don't. I, I, I don't think they're gonna. I personally co copyright yeah. anybody. <laughs> I don't but think, I think that we will have like. I mean, obviously, in a game that's all that takes place in space on different planets, what is actually considered an alien? Well, I mean, no. everybody's an alien. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I don't think I personally, from what I've seen and what I've been reading about, I don't think it's going to be intelligent alien life. So, and I think uh -huh. that with the with the ruins is going to kind of point that with like the the whatever that artifact is we find is going to point to some kind of hyper intelligent alien life. Hold on a second, though. So here's my because thought on in it. the hold on hold on hold on one second. <laughs> I'm holding. I'm holding. In the video, they show a snake like race that speaks. So there has to. I mean, there is some type of alien life that is intelligent. Now on the flip side. Xenomorph, how intelligent on the uh, on the level of humans versus animals? Where do you think the xenomorphs fall? Because I think a xenomorph could easily be classified as an alien species of creature that lives on a planet, like yeah, it a could lot be of like animals. Primordial, yeah, primordial um, intelligence or Stone Age or something like that. Now, when we're talking about intelligent life and aliens, we're talking more like the predator aliens, where they have free thought 
and I can't define a human for the life of me on our intelligence level. So they're more human-esque when they come well, as aliens. Yeah. They also that. they also stated that like on uh, on the planet where the United yeah where the United Colonies are um, that there's a big wall around the city to keep an alien race out that's constantly trying to attack well, that, them. That could be a kind of like a an alien like beast. A that could feral, be like a like, xenomorph that, too. Yeah, that could just be like a feral type race, or but but there's definitely the snake people. Like, they that was in the what's the word I'm thinking? The showcase Sna- snake yeah. people. Snake people. You you hear them talking in their little snaky language. So I don't know if there's gonna be any kind of like main enemy race of alien, but we least, won't know until we get in. At least probably not until a expansion or two later yeah I, I still my theory is basically based on that artifact that we're gonna be kind of leading to some kind of hyper intelligent alien race see i'm playing devil's advocate here i think there will be i think there'll be a couple different intelligent alien races that we're going to come across throughout the galaxy see that's my issue with elite dangerous and star citizen as there's not a lot of aliens uh the only one that had aliens was no man's sky um, Elite Dangerous is an exact replica of our system, and they have an alien race, but it is a hostile bug race. So it's like, I well, really don't like that, and I wish they would actually expand more on the exploration and finding more, so I'm hoping that's what they do here in Starfield. But if you think about it, Starfield is a game about, like... You're a human. You like you're you're human, basically, and you're mm-hmm. exploring the reaches of space. You're not going to just find other humans out there. Like you're going well, to have to alien races. I mean, it's not just all humans on every planet everywhere in the solar system. It depends on how what what math you're looking at. Because you look at um, physicists, certain certain types of physicists have done math on this, and they said that the ratio you can look it up of finding the the math of actually finding intelligent. At, that is equal to or greater than our own is like one and the number was so big I don't even know what to call it. It was so, way, 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 way beyond trillions, like trillions of trillions. Um, but the greater odds are are finding plant life, um, flora and fauna basically of an alien nature is the vast majority of the likeliness. So my thought on this is I'm actually one of those that believes the galaxy is too big for us to only be the only intelligent species out there. Uh, however, like I said, I just wish more games because they have fauna on the game. They have oh, yeah, living, clear. breathing creatures. Oh, yeah, it's so all over the place. It's, it's not far off to say they have aliens. They're just not showing them because they want them to be a surprise. This was a Would good you? little conversation based on Luke's question. Yeah. Good job, Luke. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate it. I think we could go on a lot further than that, honestly. Oh, yeah. Go into more people. philosophy and stuff. Um, remember every- and remember, everyone, please send us questions. We love to interact with everybody. As you see, it develops a really good philosophical philosophical <laughs> conversation. Yeah, but, both uh, of you nailed it this week, and we appreciate it. All right, guys, that's pretty much the end of our show this week. I think it came out pretty good. We had a lot to talk about. We got a lot of good new information. We got some great questions. And um, I think we're next week we're going to go in, unless Bethesda drops another bomb on us, we're going to get into some more speculative ideas and concepts that we think might be or should be in the game 
and maybe even what we hope isn't in the game. And we're definitely going to dive a little bit further into that uh, that timeline that we were given. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See what we can um, get out of it. Uh, I'm I'm putting that on Rook. Of course, because I've already <laughs> been writing all the notes on it. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I have to have someone become our, our primary lore guy. I love lore. That is my one. That's thing exactly. That I know I you well lore. enough to know that. So it's all you, man. I'll deal with combat. That's that's my cup. That's my butter right there. My cup of tea. My butter. Whatever. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Your cup of butter. My cup of butter. All right. <laughs> Thank you butter. so much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. Uh, if you want to follow this show, the best way to do that is on X through and our, tw- our X handle, I guess you can call it now, is Starfield Raw or at Starfield Raw. Uh, if you want to send us in your emails with your questions, your thoughts, your comments, anything, that's StarfieldRaw at gmail.com. And you, you can, can also find us uh, at Starfield Raw on Facebook as well. I was just going to say that. Thank you, sir. I, I'm always on it. Yeah. We got a couple different ways you can follow us, and you can even drop a message on our Podbean, um, our Podbean page, which is starfieldraw.podbean.com. Um, and you can follow us individually on X as well. You can find me at the widget, W-I-G-I-T. You can find me at the rook, two, at rook213. And you can find me at the archon606. Feel left a- out. I don't have, have a, a V in my... Hey, we're saying goodbye. <laughs> have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. See you. See you all next week.